Hello, and welcome to the Igniting Consciousness Podcast, your place to be inspired and empowered to be the change you wish to see within yourself, your family, and the world around you. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Horine, a chiropractor, a 3-5 manifester that does human design readings, a magnetic alignment coach, a cleanse to ascend coach, and a natural wellness mama. My desire is to share all of my learnings in a way that will align you toward radiant health and wellness. I know that a vibrant life expression requires a healthy mind, body, and spirit, so it is also my goal to elevate your awareness and knowledge of how to properly tend to each of these. You'll receive wisdom through educational teachings and interviews about health, living a vitalistic lifestyle, conscious parenting, universal truths, spirituality, manifestation, and human design. My hope is that with these episodes, you can be empowered to take action towards your health and overall wellness, which will create an attractive vortex energy for others to do the same. If we all ignite our consciousness, we can remember how to be the super conscious creators that we already are. So let's get to it and be that change today. All right. Welcome back. I, gosh, we had such an amazing conversation with the prior episode talking about the mind-body connection. And when we went into that, I knew that we were going to be able to break it up into multiple sections because this is such a huge topic, such a huge topic. And we ended the first one going uh, going through a heart-brain coherence activation session led by you, Dr. Lee. So once again, I'm uh, here with my husband, Dr. Lee Horine, and I'm just thrilled to have us being able to share all this valuable, valuable information for you that can be so transformative in so many ways beyond just physical changes in the body. Uh, it can just literally change the trajectory of how you see the world and how you interact in the world. And uh, with that being said, if you didn't listen to the first heart brain activation, go back to the last episode and listen to it. It is the last eight minutes of that episode. If you, you, you can listen to it while you're driving or if you have the opportunity to actually go shut eyes and shut your eyes and go through it. It is so powerful. It's so potent. It feels so good. I'm like still beaming off of thinking about it right now. And with that being said, listen to that. Otherwise, let's let's continue on this conversation here because we talked in the last episode more so about how your current thoughts and your current emotions, so your emotional state is leading to a lot of the issues of what's happening inside of people's bodies. A lot of uh, reversible issues that people suffer from pain, for instance, pains, infertility. We talked a little bit about digestive issues and how the thoughts can affect your body as far as your body's ability to be able to digest. And we talked about it more so in reference to the autonomic nervous system, meaning sympathetic versus parasympathetic, and clearly how we have a, a sympathetic dominance that a lot of people are dealing with on a regular basis, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we discussed how it is unknown for a lot of people. because, and, and so it's a comfortable state because they're used to it, or that is their quote, normal, even though it's really not normal. And so we we hashed on that. So if, you, if that sounds foreign to you, go back and listen to the last episode. So that way you can hear that because we talked about neuroplasticity and how our body will wire, our brain will wire and lay down patterns to, to become very efficient because your body is always working for you, not against you, but it will be very, become very good at what it does most often by way of the power of neuroplasticity and laying down these wiring patterns to utilize energy more efficiently is really what it is. And so we talked about that and then how you can start to rewire that. So that way you're not using all your energy on being in that 
sympathetic drive, that quote, running from the tiger state and being able to utilize energy toward resting, healing, recovery, digestion, and reproduction, if that's what you want and where you're at in life, and more so being able to live a life full of vitality and building your inner resilience, right? And we ended that with talking about heart-brain coherence and utilizing heart-brain activation techniques so that way you can become more proactive with your health and more proactive with your body and then also more proactive with the type of life that you want to live and the Mm -hmm. experiences you want to have, right? Mm -hmm. So this episode, I want to talk more about how there are emotions and issues that may have been created inside of your body as a reaction of experiences and situations and or emotions that not, have not been released that have happened 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, prior to when you were able to v- actually be able to verbalize it. In other words, a lot of issues that can be created and diagnoses that people have could have started when they were children. So I want to touch into that. How is it that something could have happened as a child without you even consciously, you know, don't, you don't have that frontal, frontal lobe developed? How does that happen? Well, we'll start off with this. There are experiences, and I want you to think about this yourself, experiences that you've had as children where, for instance, maybe a divorce, your mom and dad got a divorce and you felt like very sad. And in that sadness got locked up in your, say in your chest, where now anytime where you you feel like this, this, the squeezing of the heart, this heaviness on your chest, which can lead to issues around the chest area, like the heart having high blood pressure or having irregular heartbeats. And that initial sadness can now start to become linked with other types of sadness. So let's go back to this. Maybe you 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 experience the sadness from your parents um, separating. And so now you as a child, not being able to vocalize that sadness of being able to say, you know, mom, I'm sad or dad, I'm sad. I'm sad that you guys aren't together. I love being able to do everything together, that togetherness that, you know, any, anybody wants connection, not being able to vocalize that. And so your body, your mind will internalize that within your body because your mind will respond with whatever you think or what you tell it to do, it will do its best in responding. And in this case, maybe it responds with, you know, with having your heart start to race or have, or dysregulation of your, your blood pressure in this case. And so anytime now from that age, maybe that happened at the age of seven or, you know, whatever age it is from that moving forward, anytime you hear somebody fighting, it triggers that reaction of, oh my gosh, fighting means separation with your parents, but you don't consciously know that's what that's linked with. Now it's triggering your body's physiological response because your body knows when there's fighting happening, there's going to be separation happening, which that means there's going to be a disconnection. There's going to be a lack of connection happening. That means that I might not be receiving connection, even though you consciously aren't thinking about that at the age of 30, when that happened at the age of seven, but now you hear that, that fighting, you know, or that yelling, you know, whatever it is. And now you start having you you start responding even to a situation that you're not involved with. You might just be overhearing somebody else fighting, let alone if you're involved in that fight. And now 
you start having blood blood pressure dysregulation and your body is so good at that because you surely have experienced these types of um these types of yelling back and forth it could just be kids yelling at each other and you have that response and your body keeps doing this feedback loop of responding of increasing the blood pressure increasing the blood pressure and by this time if you're having this experience at the age of 30 i'm sure you're on high blood pressure medication and i would i would say that probably the distinguishing factor here that makes us even more relevant to adults is that we resist it yes so as a child, if you didn't have a chance to be able to articulate it and process it, you don't have to actually even speak about it necessarily. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a chance to feel it inside of your body and in a way know that what you're feeling is okay, that there's not, there's not a problem with you, uh, then what happens is we start to create resistance to that. And we start to try to put our own like self-protective mechanisms around that particular emotional experience. And we can definitely understand this as an adults today, you know, someone and, and it, let's say that you do hear someone fighting and it's and it's, you know, triggering to you. That's the word people right. love to say these yeah. days is it's triggering. And all of a sudden now they get spiked and they know they're like, oh, God, I just I hate feeling this way. It's bothering me. Uh, what we do is we try to resist that feeling mm -hmm. because you can logically say, well, it's not, you know, like I'm not under threat here. I'm overhearing somebody else arguing it's bothering me, but it has nothing to do with me. And you have this logical conversation with it, with yourself to try to protect yourself here and, and protect yourself from what you're feeling because it might be interfering with the other person that you're with. If you're at a restaurant and you're overhearing this, or you're at work and you, you know, you, you're, you're being triggered by a particular emotion that is unfavorable to what you're trying to get done. Or you're, you know, you have your kids around and you don't want to, uh, you know, spill all over them. So you try to tamp it down yeah. and you go through and you, you cover it up by ignoring it and pretending it doesn't exist. And we're taught to cover it up and pretend it doesn't exist. Like we are conditioned. That's another thing why you're probably going there is that we are taught to just, you can just move on. Like mm -hmm. this, this is what happens. These kinds of things happen. And, and while I survived, you should be fine. Yeah, it's the it's the cultural conditioning within the United States, especially of you know you know tough it up, yeah. you know tough it out. Um, you know, heroes aren't the ones who you know whine and complain; they're the ones who suck it up and move forward. Mm -hmm. And so we're constantly you know shown this notion or this idea that all right, so if you're going to be a capable uh, adult and do things in your life and succeed at them and do well you have to be able to tamp down these, you know, these emotions and, and, and move past them. Yep. And that's not a bad thing, you know, like that's mm -hmm. actually because what's the flip side of it. So that's one side of it, which, which now says that you're, you're it shows that you're going to be ignoring these emotions, mm -hmm. which has uh, bad effects, which we'll go into some more. But then on the other side of it, if you're just this whiny ass, who complains about every single thing, then that is actually detrimental as well. Cause you're never going to be able to persevere past challenging situations. You're going to bitch and moan and bring the vibe down for everyone else around you. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is also very toxic and, and bad for you as well as those around you. So one is, you know, the hero side of it is like, Oh, it's just toxic to you. Not necessarily those around you directly. Right. And then the other one is more toxic to you directly and those around you directly. Right. So you're better off in this paradigm, which we're, where most of us are operating in today. So it kind of wanted to illustrate that what we're doing right now isn't just this 
totally awful thing. Right. Um, it's just there's a middle ground here that's much more important because then we can actually experience freedom from these emotions that are trapping us and damaging our body. Yes. And that comes down to accepting what it is that we're feeling. Yeah. And embracing it fully, not by talking about it. Right. And not by sharing about it to other people and be like, okay, you know, we're going to do a group therapy session so that I can go back through and talk about what happened to me when I was a four-year-old and, you know, spend hours in therapy talking about it. And you can, you can, because there is a power in being able to express it to a group. However, what you're getting to, that becomes a total cycle and a loop that what is the action that is actually taken behind that? We say you share it, you recognize it, and you're sharing it. But if you just keep talking about it and then think that that's going to solve it just because you just like let the gas out in this case, right? That by, by over talking about it, you actually create a cycle of plasticity. We talked about neuroplasticity in the previous podcast, which for those of you who you know didn't listen to when we said, hey, go back to that, but just as a refresher, it's where your brain, when it does something, a neural pathway that is used often will become very efficient at, you, at creating that pathway. Mm -hmm. So just like learning anything new, you have to hear it a whole bunch of times and you're like, oh, Cap, I, I can't remember. What was that? What did that word mean? And you're learning a new definition for a word. Ah, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. At some point, you're like, oh yeah, I remember. Oh, I, and then all of a sudden you don't have to think about it. The moment you don't have to think about it is because you have neuroplasticity. So these patterns inside of our body, when we're constantly talking about these old stories of trauma, one, it can be the first time that you do it, it can be very freeing. You know, you can, yeah. you can, it can be, uh, liberating, liberating. Yeah. It's bringing a whole light into an area of, of your life that you've never thought about before. And now it's something that you actually have to let go of. Yeah. Because if you keep talking about it, then you're going to create these pathways that reinforce the negative behavior. And we got a little baby crawling in here now. All right, so our baby came and interrupted, so we had to pause this, and now we're coming back. So we're circling back to the topic that we were just talking about. And roughly from what we recall, we were just stating, and you guys will hear it very clearly what we were talking about, but we were talking about group therapy and how going back over old injuries or old wounds can be helpful in the beginning if you've never even, you know, leaned into this type of work. But after, if you just keep repeating those same stories, then what happens is it starts to create a victim mentality. You actually start feeling a victim to your stories and you start making uh, those around you, like often your parents or your siblings or, you know, old young friends, like friends that you had years ago, uh, they become the enemies in your life that are causing you know problems when in fact these are just events that happen and it's our stories around them that shape who we are and really more of the stories it's the actual emotions that we feel and tell ourselves uh, the story is that is basically a way to explain away the emotion that we were experiencing so when we're looking at the middle ground here the middle ground really comes down to can you experience the emotion that you're currently feeling in the present moment, totally detached from how and where it came from. Doesn't matter. So it may have happened because your parents, you know, had divorced when you were young and you had these, these, these feelings that then are current today affecting you. You don't have to necessarily trace it all the way back. Uh, instead, what you need to do is you need to feel it. 
you need to feel it because our resistance to what it is that we're experiencing is the problem that most of us face. It's a resistance to the flow of energy. We're actually trying to stop ourselves from feeling a particular way. No one ever tries to stop themselves necessarily from feeling happy. Although there are times, you know, as a kid, you're told to stop, you know, don't conditioning, don't laugh, don't laugh. I, so I, I take laugh. that back. Yeah. So that is a huge thing, part of conditioning as well. And, you know, I'll just segment, we'll just segment the conditioning portion right now of how you are, depending on how you were raised what your clergy was, the environment you're in, your community, your parents and everything, all your influences have raised you to think, look, act and be a certain way. This is the way you should be. This is the way you should act. This is the way you should look. And so we've been conditioned. This is the way you should respond. Oh, you're supposed to be quiet. Don't talk right now. Don't laugh. Kids, you're being too loud. Stop laughing. The kids are laughing. And so I also want you to think about that, that, you know, you probably have been conditioned that way. And then you may have done the same thing. I get it. If you're in the middle of work or for us, like we're recording a podcast right now, our little girl wants some milk right now. And I, I, I don't necessarily want her to be loud because I'm in the middle of something, but I also don't want to stifle her into thinking that she can't communicate with me to let me know when she wants milk right? Mm -hmm. Just to give it a, a really present example right there. So recognize, it is important for us to recognize that we have been conditioned. And so where is it that those are our actual thoughts and are our actual emotions on how we would respond or how we want to experience anything in life? Yeah. It comes first to recognize the emotion because we're, we're very bad at recognizing emotions, super bad at it. Yeah, we know. And no one no one thinks that you go. That's that's complete baloney, because I totally know when I'm upset or when I'm happy and all that we do when it reaches a kind of a certain threshold. So early on in the emotion, imagine emotion is like a wave and in the beginning from like the ocean far out, a wave is being created and you can't see the wave at all. It's it's, it's it just looks like the ocean. And then as it gets closer, you start to see a little bump in the water. And then as it gets closer, that bump swells. And then it finally starts to turn into a crest that turns into this wave that begins to break. Most of us catch our emotions as the wave is crashing and it's breaking. And we go, oh, yeah, I can. I recognize that I have this emotion. Most people fail to recognize it early enough. And when you recognize it earlier, then what you can do is you can start to embrace it versus resist it. Because if it's a, uh, let's say it's more of a, what we deem negative emotions, all emotions have their place. But if we deem it as like uh, fear, or we have an emotion of anger, or we have an emotion of guilt, those we can, if we don't catch them very early, then all of a sudden, the minute we start to feel them, we go, oh my God, I'm the hero here. I don't want to feel this emotion. This is going to impede me from getting to my destination or my goal. I could be just in conversation with someone. I don't want someone else to know that I'm feeling uh, like angry or fearful right now. So I'm going to try to, 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 to shove this away. I'm going to try to hide it. And so you do the opposite of feeling the emotion. You try to stifle it. And by doing so, anything that you resist persists mm -hmm. and it makes it actually more intense and worse for you. You need it to wash over you. But the thing is, most of the time, the thought of that when you're already going through an emotional struggle is 
like the worst thing that you want to do. You're like, wait a second, I don't want to feel even more guilty right. instead. But that's really what you have to do until we can start to train ourselves to catch it very early mm-hmm. and feel that emotion and let that come through and release it. What, what, uh, what we have to actually do is go through a period of time where we allow ourselves to heighten that emotion ex- exponentially. Yeah. And the example of, of guilt right there, I want to go back on that. And there are so many of us that have experienced the guilt for the first time as children, you know, maybe as a kid, um, or maybe not, and we'll say older, maybe you had a crush on your best friend's boyfriend or, you know, or your best friend's girlfriend, whatever it is. And you decided to act on it and you have continued to feel utterly guilty by acting on it, whether, you know, you started dating them yourself and, or, you know, you started flirting with them, doing whatever, you know, or goodness, maybe later on in life, like maybe you hooked up with them and heaven forbid that is like a big no-no in the girl world. Like Some people have carried this, that trauma, even after they married the, 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 that person. Yes. Even after they like say, for instance, exactly that, that the, you know, you, you acted on your impulse to, to feel the connection with your best friends, like we'll say boyfriend in this case, and you hooked up with them. And next thing you know, like you're married to that guy. So like, that was literally the person you're like, you could have been 20 years ago, 20 years ago. And you're still feeling guilty because you hurt Becky's feelings or you hurt whomever's feelings because that was her boyfriend and you stole her boyfriend. Oh my gosh, release that guilt, you know, and release that guilt, whether, whether or not you have a, you know, wonderful marriage with that person, or even if you married that person and then divorced them, it doesn't matter. That was part of your, part of your path. Or in the case that you just hooked up with that person and, you know, nothing else ever become of it or whatever, release that guilt in the sense that that was part of your experience during that time. And you could also ask yourself, like, would you do that again? Guilt is a very dangerous emotion to uh, allow to persist. And the way that it persists is because you resist it. Yep. And the reason it's so dangerous is because anything in the universe, like this, everything is vibration. And when you look at how uh, things that are similar, they vibrate in a similar frequency. And when they're really close in frequency, what they'll do is they'll actually phase lock and they'll match. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is actually like wave dynamics. If you look at it that way, if like you throw a stone into, you know, you drop two pebbles into a a pond, a still pond. If you drop them at exactly the same time, the ripples will interact with each other and they will amplify that those ripples as they cross. If you drop them off just at the uh, slightly different times, they'll actually neutralize one another. So when you are uh, having an emotion and you're projecting that emotion of guilt out into the universe, then what you're doing is you are then inviting in reasons to be guilty. So if you have just been thinking about a thought that you felt guilty about that you're perseverating on, maybe, you know, your body just kind of took you there, your mind took you there and you went back to whatever reason on why you're like, ah, oh, man, that was kind of my fault. And you just are kind of resisting it because you don't like it. And you're trying to talk yourself into maybe a better state and you continue to resist that. Well, what's happening is you're amplifying that guilt. And now you're, you're going carrying, to attract that. You're in. carrying that energy in. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're carrying that energy of guilt and you are, yeah, you are, you are just asking for everyone now to, to, give you reasons on why you should feel guilty. Mm -hmm. You're basically the world is reinforcing the way the way that you feel. Yeah. 
And that's because you put that energy out in the field, just like you gave the example of the ripples. Another beautiful example of that is demonstrated whenever you have, what are those swinging balls that go back and forth? A pendulum. Oh yeah. So a pendulum. And you say there's a series of pendulums and you you start one and then you start the other. Oh, metronomes. You're thinking about the metronomes. I'm thinking about the metronomes. Well, and, and it does it with pendulums too, though. So either way, experience, like you see the metronome, it's going... Mm-hmm. And then you have multiples of them and they're all clicky clacking back and forth and it's chaotic. Like it is, it becomes like it goes through this state of super chaos. They're all in different timings. They're all in different timings of when they're clicking and going back and forth, but you give it some time and they will start to sync up. Meaning they start to resonate at the same exact. Mm-hmm. It is so amazing whenever you see that happen but that same concept it means that it will match whatever frequency you're putting out there and emotions energy and motion emotions have a frequency and so if you have the frequency of guilt as an emotion that will be attracted out and it will match it will become an energetic match through someone else that's around you that will activate that because that's that's what you put out there you put that out there and so it's being reinforced this has happened so many times when like I'm feeling guilty about something that I said, you know, I, I might've like for us in yeah. particular, like you said something or I said something that upset you and I feel bad about it. And because I feel bad about it and I continue to feel bad and I'm like, gosh, I can't believe like I said that, or I did that. And I'm feeling really, really bad. What happens is she might've been like totally unaffected by it and be like, Oh yeah, whatever. No big deal. But because I continue to feel bad about it, suddenly she goes, well, yeah, you kind of should feel bad. Mm-hmm. And then she almost plays the role that I'm asking her to play based on how I'm feeling mm-hmm. because I need someone to accuse me in that moment. And if you're in this situation, we, this, is how, this is just how these emotions work. When you're in that situation and you're playing the role of a person who feels guilty, you have to have an accuser. You have to have somebody who you violated that gives you reason to feel guilty. And now is, and now you're going to find that person. And that might've been a person who didn't originally have that role. And this is where a lot of arguments will come in because it can be not, not maybe not feeling guilty at this point, but you just feel combative and you're like, you're like, you're upset and you're irritated. And that frustration needs a partner to to be in conflict with. And so you then are just, waiting for someone to walk by and you know for instance uh you know you might be irritated by something that happened in the day and then i'm walking through i might be in a good mood and all of a sudden you're just like gosh and this thing happened da, 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 da. and now it's starting to affect my emotions mm-hmm. and i'm like whoa geez like you seem a little bit irritated what do you mean i seem irritated like you you just did it and all of a sudden now that all that gets channeled right and we start to push it towards the other person and we all do this this is human nature this happens you once you become aware of it you'll start to recognize it in other people but you can very easily recognize it in yourself right. once you start to bring your attention to it right. because we attract in uh from other people reinforcements of why we're feeling the way that we're feeling right so we're talking about negative emotions because that's uh what about positive emotions? Right. 
Well, I, I really want to go back because I really want this episode to be focused on how it has stemmed as a child and how that has been carried on. Gotcha. So we, I definitely want to utilize mm-hmm. that conversation for yet another another part of the mind-body connection and, and really of a mindfulness um, you know practice. So I want to pause that right there, as amazing as that is with that thought pattern, but I want to go back to you know, even as a child, say there's a situation that has happened that, you know, I gave the example of divorce, but like maybe you were watched, you had a nanny that you didn't like, or maybe you were dropped off somewhere, you know, for daycare or whatever it was you didn't like, or maybe you got- I got forgotten at school one day. And then what do you, do you recall of what happened with that? Yeah. Like, so as a, as an adult, my mom was probably like a half an hour late, but she was never late. And I went to, a, and she always picked me up. And so uh, I always stood by the flagpole, like where all the kids were at. And like the, the parents would come in a big line and, you know, pick, pick, pick everybody up. That was the day that my brother happened to go home with another friend of his because we were in the same school. And usually my mom would pick us both up. So my brother was already gone. And I wasn't part of an after school care program because my parents would, you know, my mom didn't work. And so she would come and pick me up. And I was probably, gosh, like seven, eight years old. I was pretty, pretty young. Um, and co- totally safe by all standards. Cause there's still adults present and yeah. like in the admin office, but I remember just feeling so upset and so like left and scared and Did like you feel worried anything in your body. Do you recall of anything you felt in your body at that time? Um, I felt, uh, like afraid and like overlooked. You know, like, so like, mm-hmm. it's like I was forgotten, yeah. you know, like, like, how did I get forgotten? Like, how did I get, how did I get left behind? Like that kind of a, like sort of an abandonment uh, feeling. And what's so crazy is it's unrealistic in real life. I mean, it was like, this was 30, 30 minutes maximum. <laughs> Speaking of abandonment, she's like, oh, let me, let me, let me have you. So I felt the abandonment of what was actually very ridiculous of 30 minutes of being left behind in a very safe place. But I didn't know that as a child and that had never happened before. And that was way outside of the normal patterning and something like that, which was not my parents' fault. I mean, to, to have a lasting effect. I mean, so to the best of all parents, uh, abilities, we're going to quote scar the kids in some way, no matter what, because they're going to, or they're going to have these emotions unless they're, equipped to be able to handle them. But what I wanted to get with that with that is that I'm certainly anytime you felt that sensation as a kid of being left, you were really quick to like your body had the memory of what that felt like then that the same physiological pattern and response happened the moment that you feel like you were being left or left out or mm-hmm. forgotten, mm-hmm. that it has this negative spiral in your body of whatever inside internal reactions that your body was having with that. You know, some people have that they'll, they developed a, a stomach issues. Like they had like a stomach ache or a belly ache. And that now every time like they, they get left or they feel like they're being left, they have a stomach ache and that stomach ache, literally your body is responding to that ache. It's having a reaction to it. And that 20 years later, if that, that emotion in particular of abandonment of being forgotten of being, you know, like left behind, hasn't been resolved, you may now have a true diagnosis labeled as like, you know, constipation, diarrhea, irritable bowel syndrome, maybe irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease or something like that, that had developed from a small 
seemingly small situation of having a stomach issue um, and not being able to vocalize an emotion that you're experiencing. And now 20 years later, not ever going back to like, just let that free up has got that emotion has now been trapped in your stomach to now every time that gets triggered. And now you have a chronic condition that is now ongoing in your body. Mm -hmm. And that happened so frequently. And there's so many of us that probably have things if we've never done any type of, you know, regression work or rewiring work or patterning work or heart brain coherence work that you might have conditions more than likely you have conditions that was that you created. And that's something that hurts when the first time you realize that you actually created that condition. Because mm -hmm. um, the, the yeah. knee jerk is to be like, well, no, my mom did. Yeah, my In mom this case, did. it's like, oh, no, my mom, because she, you know, she left me or something. And I had a very uh, blessed, happy childhood. I had great parents who were very conscious and did a fantastic job raising me. And other people didn't, don't have that. Right. They didn't have that luxury. And they have much, <laughs> it's much easier for them to want to blame their parents for screwing them up and giving them whatever problems that they have, especially when they find this out. So it's very challenging to, to take responsibility for it and be like, oh, no, this was a me thing and how I processed it or how I how I created the resistance to these emotions. Right. And I also do need to back up a little bit because of the fact it no, it is not fair. And I will let you know that no, it, it doesn't it doesn't give an out, so to say, for your parents, like, maltreatment or for, or for abuse or for, it does not it does not give so i have to be very clear in saying this that it was not okay for that to happen and it was not right for that awful thing to happen but also and it's not like you created that and you made that happen no but what i want to bestow upon you is the fact that your response to that in the moment that may have led to a triggering series of events leading to physical ailments in your body can be changed. Mm -hmm. And you can forgive that person, not for them, but for you. Forgiving just means letting it go. Yes. Like where you don't hold on to thinking about it all the time anymore. Exactly. So it is not okay that that stuff happened, nor did you deserve that or any of those things. However, now knowing what you know, being an older, wiser version of you, you can go back and rewire that patterning that started then as a child, as a protective mechanism for that situation, now can be turned into a positive and rewiring beneficial freeing version uh, or emotion um, and subsequent body responses that you can heal yourself through your mind, through the power of being mindful and being aware. And everything, as I say, starts with awareness. And of course, having the knowledge and the belief that you can change that you know, and if you want to sit and just keep rewiring and like, but it wasn't right, but it wasn't right. No, you're right. It wasn't right. Whatever the situation was. However, does you going back and saying it wasn't right, is that changing your response? That's the most important thing that we're trying to get at now is yes, those things, those ailments, the issues, the responses, the emotional responses that have started as a child are now triggering you at later on in life you have the ability and the, you have the decision. You get to choose. You have the choice to decide to switch that and you judge that based on what are the results in your life. If you have things going on in your life that you're not happy with, you can change it. 
Yeah, and it's a it's a powerful thing because it's very important that that people recognize that not everything happens to them for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but it's your response to it, maybe not even in the moment, but later in the like later on down your life that really shapes how you see that event. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be it initially. I had a a guy who was in my fraternity, who's actually my big brother in my fraternity. Uh, he has a scar because he got stabbed while he was just out having a good time trying to break up uh, and, and you know, to break up a fight. He saw that there was a fight going on and he was like, hey, guys, you need to just like take it, you know, take it easy. He was a big guy himself. And some guy pulls a knife and stabs him. Talk about, you know, trauma. Was that was that fair? Was that? Of course not. Absolutely not. He was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to, you know, to protect two other people um, and, you know, doing what we were all taught to you know, is the right thing to do. It's like, hey, no, you know, don't fight. And he wound up being the victim in this, this situation. Is he a victim? 100% he's a victim. Mm-hmm. Now, if he goes through his entire life and he looks back and he feels like he's a victim and this other person, is, you know, that everyone else around him is dangerous and that any situation like that is, uh, or anytime somebody raises a voice or someone's in conflict, now he's in complete fear, which could be understandable based on his circumstances. That also can become crippling in other situations that aren't, that uh like, that aren't yeah that, that aren't going to have any sort of dangerous outcomes to it you know it could be in the workplace you know now someone's like in you know someone is in an altercation or just verbally like you know disagreeing you know strongly towards one another now you're like i don't even think i should get involved or and, and like that that thought process then brings you back to that trauma that you experienced and this is where you have to be able to have tools at your disposal to rewire that the that programming that is now affecting you at a very deep visceral level i keep bringing it back to the present moment um and i know you're talking about how it affects your your body negatively because we often go through these experiences now on a on an energetic level on repeat Mm -hmm. over and over and Mm -hmm. over again so something that was you know that was traumatic that may not have been your fault at all um, and you were a complete victim to it because you were young, you couldn't make choices being, you know, in the household that you grew up with. It could have been sexual assault, sexual abuse. It could have been uh, severe violence, extreme violence um, that, again, you felt powerless and all of these uh, awful, horrible things that people have experienced in their lives. But to be able to reprogram that in the present moment without having to relive those experiences mm-hmm. because they are causing disease on a, on a, on a, on a visceral level. Um, if you don't have them cleared, you have to, uh, it's it's important to know that you don't have to go through and try to relive those experiences in order to clear them. Yeah. And that's, that's why I keep coming back to that. Cause for me, I know that there's people that have dealt with such trauma that to sit down and just to to try to relive that and be like, no, we're going to work through that is the absolute last thing that they want to do. Because it's one thing that if you if you have a story like mine, where it's like, oh yeah, my mom left me, you know, you know, or you've been left at the grocery store before, um, you had a many times actually. <laughs> but like for me, like that's a very benign story to be able to share and revisit. And be like, oh yeah, I can see how that bothered me. Now, had I been uh, sexually molested or been uh, had severe violence against me, different story, entirely different story very, very traumatic experiences that you may never want to, uh, to be. I know we've talked to people who have been um, like abducted as children mm-hmm. and sit, like sold into sex trafficking. 
what that that doesn't compare like that's not apples to apples like with my type of like situation and story and to get that person to try to like talk about it and revisit it it would be it's just torture in which it goes on to saying that even just doing like just quote talk therapy doesn't have to we were talking about groups specifically but even like one-on-one on just rehashing the same thing over and over again there's, there's a better way to do that. So you don't have to relive that experience. And there's a way to, you can acknowledge, you can acknowledge it and recognize the, uh, the extent of the emotions has it had detriment on your body, obviously in your life, but also in your physical body. And then what you can do moving forward. That's what's important is that what actions are you going to take moving forward? How are we going to express that emotion? Let that emotion come out, let it, you know, verbally come out and then express it out of your body, remove it, rewire, and then fill it in with love and fill it in with positive emotions, beneficial emotions and beneficial love in the body, in the heart to allow your body to respond, allow your mind to respond and allow your subsequent influences and experiences in life to be better. And so this is this, I just love how we can just take it in so many ways. This is why I love us being able to talk back and forth with this because we brought in different elements of what I was originally thinking. I wanted to take this conversation, Um, but this is so powerful too. And I know so many of you, if it's not you or someone else close to you can benefit from understanding these concepts of what we're talking about and how you can heal from this. You can change the trajectory of your life here moving forward. And that it's not saying these other group sessions and talk therapies are bad. It's just it's just saying there is a more effective way to change and transform your life to go in the direction that you actually choose it to go in. And it starts with you making that choice because you not making a choice is also a choice. And then you deciding, I want different in how, what is it that you want different? And it's not, it, it can be judged and looked at based on looking at your life right now. Like look, take inventory of, of your experiences in your life right now. So that will lead into a, another type of healing that, uh, that you can do on rewiring um, and reconnecting with that version of you that you want to have a conversation with to rewire and repattern and then change the trajectory. And there's a whole series of other types of work that you can do to get yourself in what we like to say, like that magnetic alignment or that heart brain coherence and magnetic alignment of being able to create a life that you love because you love it for no other reason, but because you love it. And so I want to conclude uh, and wrap up this episode by doing a really quick regression of going, um, a very quick regression in relation to something that may have happened as a child and then being able to allow yourself to communicate with that version of you as a now older version of you and do a quick little repatterning, a little bit of a recoding, um, to, to maybe, maybe just take one step in a direction of where you want to go to create a life that you love. So let's go ahead and get into that. We might hear some baby sounds in the background. So we'll see what we can do as we get into this. But let's start off with some music. If you have the ability to go somewhere where you can shut your eyes, that would be best. If you can um, go to a place where you can have just time with yourself, let's go ahead and do that at this point. 
Go ahead and find a place where you can sit down comfortably. Start focusing on your breath. Go ahead and grab your hand, place your hand on your heart, whether you're just somewhere around your heart, whole hand, just tapping into your heart area right there. Whatever feels most comfortable, sitting comfortably, feet resting on the floor, having your legs crossed, sitting on a pillow, on a couch, wherever is most comfortable. Even if you want to lie down, you can lie down while you're doing this if you have that ability to do so. So let's just focus on relaxing our bodies. Go ahead, shrug your shoulders up into your ears, squeeze up, squeeze up, squeeze up, and relax your shoulders down. Really stretching your shoulders down. Go ahead and start relaxing that breath, breathing in through your nose, expanding your stomach nice and big, like that big baby belly breathing. Breathing in for three, two, one. Hold and then release out through the mouth. Exhaling out for double that three. So for six breaths, six seconds out, breathing in again through your nose, expanding your stomach. And exhaling out through your mouth, nice and slow. Even if it's not out for six, just breathing out nice and slow and longer than what your inhalation was. Go ahead and roll those shoulders back again. Bring the shoulders up towards your ears again. Shrug, 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 and relax it down. Coming back to your breath, having your hand on your heart. So I want you to imagine, go ahead and have your eyes with your eyes closed. If you have them closed, look up while your eyes are closed, looking up, up, up having the eyes focused upward as we start to get yourself in a different state so we can start to rewire some things. And relaxing your eyes. And as we go deeper and deeper into this type of state of mind, allowing us to repattern and rewire those feelings and emotions that are no longer serving us. I want you to envision that you're walking downstairs. Doesn't matter what the stairs look like, but you're walking down the steps and each step that you're walking down, you're going a bit deeper and deeper, deeper into those states of mind. Walking down, we'll start from a step, we'll start counting down from 10. And as we go down to the Starting from 10, going down nine. Each time you're going deeper, your body is getting more relaxed. You're becoming more open, more recognizing as you go deeper down the steps. And we're eight, maybe you're on step seven. You're getting nice and relaxed, deeper levels of relaxation. Six, step five. You're feeling very comfortable, very comfortable. Step four, step three. And as we get closer to step two, and then as we get closer to one, 
I want you to see as though you have a screen that comes down before you. Screen just out in front of you, just comes rolling down for you to be able to see very clearly. I want you to transcend yourself back to a time, time where you first felt hurt. Maybe that time was hurt. First time you felt sadness. First time you felt left. I want you to see that come up on that screen right there. See that younger version of you, that unknowing version of you, that version of you that was just a child, that innocence, younger version of you that felt left, you felt that guilt, you felt hurt in some way. And you don't have to go back and see that experience. If so, your version of you now, you see you're hovering over that version of you, that younger version of you, seeing that experience. You're just witnessing this through the screen right now. You're not in it, you're just witnessing. <laughs> Allow yourself to feel the emotions that you feel now as the older, wiser version of you seeing that experience. You may feel little tears coming to your eyes, your eyes swelling up. Maybe you feel your stomach feeling a bit uncomfortable, your chest get tight. Just allow yourself to feel that as you witness that version of you and that experience. that younger version of you that didn't know was in protection mode, was hurt. Physical or emotionally. As you're witnessing that, watching that younger version of you, seeing this experience that happened I want you to go ahead and pause that screen, pause that. Once you come back to where you're at in your present state of where you are right now, feeling into your body, where are you feeling that tension? Are you feeling it in your chest? Are you feeling it in your head? You feel the tightness in your throat. I want you to breathe in, expanding the stomach, breathe that out. Know that you are not in that experience. You're not in that place that was in the past. That you're in a different, safe place right now. Back on that screen, I want you to look back at that screen after you've had a couple of breaths, breathing that out, realizing that is not me right now. I'm not experiencing that. That was in the past. I'm in my present self right now. I recognize where I'm having these feelings within my body by way of witnessing what I experienced at that time at that younger version of me that did not know that was feeling that. So with the blank screen, 
I want you to visualize that screen coming back up. And then you're on this walkway as you're on that bottom step. I want you to visualize that there's this big opening, big opening that you get the chance to walk through. And there's this beautiful door, big door. Maybe it's a very, it's a golden door. Maybe it's more of a bars on the door, but it's a door that you know that you want to open. Once you go walk toward that door, and as you get close to the door, you realize you're feeling a beautiful breeze coming over you, like gentle touches and hugs of, of something that's on the other side that's going to remind you that you're in a very safe place, a very safe place. Maybe you feel like it's guys or loved ones that, that are coming to visit you, like these just gentle nudges that's just telling you, yes, it's okay, go ahead, open the door. So you open that door and there's just beautiful light coming through there and you are now in a place that you find to be the most comfortable, your place of Zen, your place of creativity, your place of total comfort, total ease. It might be a big, vast field with the sun shining, birds chirping, blue skies. Maybe it's out in the greenery and you're walking through, you see green all around and trees all around and the sun is glimmering through those trees. Perhaps it's on a beach, you laying on the sand, hearing the ocean coming, hearing the waves coming and going. I want you to just enjoy that place. Enjoy that place of just your land of plenty. It's a land of plenty of opportunity of whatever is comfortable for you. Go to that place, go to that comforting place, be there, smell it. Breathe in the air, hear the sounds, see the colors. Now in that place, I want you to witness once again, that screen, pull that screen down, that screen comes down in front of you. And now this time, whenever you see that young version of you from what you last experienced, that knowing that hurt, that discomfort, that pain that you felt as a kid, I want you to see that young version of you, look at yourself. I want you to stand in front of that screen as though that younger version of you can hear you that younger version of you sees you now in your current space in that land of plenty in that place of all creation of possibilities staring back at you. I want you to touch, reach your hand out to that younger version of you. And I want you to give that younger version of you a hug. Give that younger version of you a hug Embrace that younger version of you. Maybe perhaps even just gently put your hand on top of their head, wipe their hair aside, wipe their tears away from their face, give them a gentle hug. And you tell that version of you, you are anything you want to be. You are safe. You will and have worked through this. You are beautiful. You are amazing. You are worthy. You belong, you deserve, 
You are perfection. You are and have the ability to become and do anything that you want to do, that this was just an experience. And I'm telling you because this is the older version, wiser version of you coming back to remind you now to tell you that you're okay. That you have worked through this. That you don't have to continue feeling that. You don't have to continue reliving that. That you are here for you. And that you have others that are here for you too. And that you now, my younger version of me, I love you. And if you want to step out of the screen and step into this land of plenty, this land of beauty, this land of creation, this land of, I get to choose how I want to continue my life and what I want to do and how I want to feel in this world. Come with me. You are safe. And I know this because I am you. And I'm going to bring you out of that with comfort, with ease, with grace. And that younger version of you steps through that screen, now becomes next to you, walks next to you, lays next to you. And you get to continue holding your hand, hug again that embrace and telling that version of you that you are amazing, that you are worthy, you belong, and you are loved. And that your body is healing and your body is continuously changing and morphing with health, with resilience. And you get to change that that you have the power within you to create the world and the life you want to create just because you love it. And so now coming back to your body, I want you to tune in to where you're feeling that connection. Tune into your throat. How does your throat feel now? Does it feel a little easier? Does it feel a little less tight? Maybe it's gone. And you don't feel the tension in your head, the pressure in your chest, the discomfort in your stomach. Does not feel like it's there. I want you to tune into knowing that you are safe, that you were past this, that you can move on and you have moved on and you get to choose the direction you want to go and you know and embody that now. The screen now closes and that younger version of you just goes into that spot to replenish, to heal. And that younger version of you hugs you back and says, thank you. Thank you for letting me know. Thank you for letting me realize that this was just an experience that I don't have to relive, that I am excited to be 
this older, wiser version of me that I now get to see because I see that you have done it, that you are doing it. And I believe and I know that I can choose the life that I want to live. And that younger version of you now is like, I want to go run around and use my energy. I have newfound energy that feels so good. And you allow that version of you to go play, to go do what they want to do. Because they know they're safe. You know they're safe. And that they're more than okay. From here, you're laying down, you're sitting, you're walking in that place, in that land of where you're at. And you're just focusing on all those good feelings and emotions. And from here, I want you to decide right now, what do I choose? What do I choose knowing that I am safe, I am worthy, I belong, I am love. I choose to and you fill that in. And as you're choosing that, I want you to physically, while you're thinking about that, I want you to, with your right hand, put your right hand over your left wrist and you think about that choice of what it is. And I want you to expand that choice of if it's, I want to move somewhere. I want to be on this beach more often. I want to live near the beach. I want to be walking through through this pasture. I want to be in the field. I want to walk through the forest. I want to be climbing the mountains, wherever that peaceful place is. You're holding on and you're expanding that scene so much more. And you're holding onto your left wrist, physically grabbing your left wrist, holding onto that scene and how good it feels to be there. The warmth in your heart, the lightness in your chest, the openness of your throat, the clarity in your head, the comfort within your your gut and within your stomach region, the total comfort that you have in your body and receptiveness and openness that you have of feeling so empowered of knowing that you get to choose and that you are the creator of your life. And you are choosing that now. Expand that, expand that, what that looks like, what that feels like. Get all your senses involved with it. Expand it, expand it. And now release your hand from your wrist right there. And I want you to think about looking where that younger version of you, where do you think that younger version of you went? Where did that person go? Where did, where did she, where did he or she go? And then you just smile because you know that version of you just went off in total enjoyment. And you smile and you laugh, maybe went to go climb a tree, maybe went to go swimming in the ocean for a little bit having a good time somewhere, met a friend, whatever it might be. And in that space, I want you to go ahead and bring yourself back, knowing that from this space, you get to come back and revisit that space at any point in time that you want. And if you want to bring yourself back to your present body, let's go ahead and bring yourself to your present body. Start wiggling your toes, rolling your shoulders. As you come back into your physical body right now, you roll your head from side to side, move your fingers, and when you're ready, 
Go ahead and open your eyes and welcome yourself back to your body in that state of knowing, knowing that that version of you is having fun and that version of you now in this older version of you gets to choose and be the person you want to be, express the way you're, you want to express, feel amazing in your body if you want to, and create from that space. And so I want to remind you that when I had you lock on your right hand going over your left wrist, that has now become an anchor for you. That when you put your specifically put your right hand over your right wrist, that will take you back to that place, to that land of plenty, to that beautiful space of total ease that you want to be in. Even if you're not physically there, you can bring yourself there because you got all the visceral sensations to be able to go back to that space at any point. So you can know you're always in a place of safety, security, comfort, and creativity. And so with that, let's go ahead and wrap that up. Enjoy that experience. Use that Use that anchored point, grabbing onto that wrist whenever you want as an opportunity to bring yourself there. And if you want to do breath work while you're there, if you want to create from there, it's also a beautiful place for you to go and, and think about it's your land of plenty. It's, it's what, like, what do you want to create in that area? What, what do you want to do? What do you choose? Because you do have the choice. And, awesome. And so with that, do you have any final words you'd like to share, Dr. Lee? I don't. Well, I love you all. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Go back and replay that meditation at any point you want to and know that that meditation can build on itself. It doesn't always have to go back to that same exact point. In fact, that's that's the point of this is that you don't go back to that same point every time. Um, most of the time when we have different experiences, as you now know, as we talked about this in this episode, those different experiences of like hurt, pain, feeling left, whatever it is, they start to latch on to other experiences because you would have attracted it into your life again if you didn't actually feel through it. And so when you go back and you do this, I want you to experience, like go back at a point to where it's a different place. And it, if you're doing it, um, if you've done it effectively, you'll know that you won't be able to think about that that time because you've healed from that. And now you're moving on and we can go through and we can heal different stages while you're still being able to create simultaneously, which is the most powerful thing. So we love you all, sending you all, all the abundance and anything you want and go out and be those conscious creators and just enjoy life and in abundant health and vitality. Namaste.